Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with Science and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Open your hearts and loosen your butts. It's time for a couple therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situationships and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Tech sex regrets so feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee baby we got it It's up, 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. My name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> I am counting the minutes to the intro over so I can go take a nap. <laughs> and it, when I tell you it's not even noon, people, okay? You know what I'm going to tell you? Next thing I'm going to tell you? The PMS is strong. Oh, no. The PMS is strong. Oh, no. It's crazy how strong it is. For something that happens every month, it still hits me like a ton of bricks. Something's got to change. Something's got to give. Call Meryl Streep. Are we allowed to talk about this, Naomi? Are we allowed to talk about PMS? You mean like as a nation? Yeah, I thought... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why we get to talk about BDE, but we can't talk about PMS. Big dick energy. Andrew, that's what BDE is. Oh, right. Is. Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Ew. I find his face so unpleasant to look at. Naomi, I, I, I'm preoccupied because I just uh -huh. watched... I can't think about PMS or BDE or... BTS. Or BTS. Yeah. Or, Anything with acronyms. I just watched the trailer 
for the Fablemans, which is Steven Spielberg's upcoming film about his childhood. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it, so it's about a Jewish family in the suburbs of, you know, probably Ohio or something like that. The stars, his, his parents. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Spielberg grew up an Orthodox Jew. His parents are played by Paul Dano <laughs> and Michelle Williams. The black one from Destiny's Child? Uh, <laughs> she would have been more Jewish, I think, than the <laughs> Michelle Williams, the Aryan blonde Michelle Williams, the Michelle Williams that looks like she should be wearing lederhosen on some poster in Germany in 1942 that's like, this is what the Reich is like. <laughs> it blows my mind. I was I was already incensed because there's another movie coming out about a, a Jewish family called Armageddon Time. Uh-huh. And the Jewish family in that is <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm coming it so hot, but it is like driving me nuts. The family in that is Anthony Hopkins, Anne Hathaway. Oh my god. And Jeremy Strong from Succession. Oh my god. Does Jeremy Strong have any Jew in him? I <laughs> Just a touch? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. His rapping in that one episode really took me back to Dalton days, so oh, I no. wasn't sure. I don't. I do not think he is Jewish. Uh-huh. I, I think I looked it up, and it was something like, like the article was like trying to justify. It's like, well, uh, one of his uncles uh, is Jewish. Like, like one really, of his uncles again, real strong like Nazi vibes. Like saying, like, well, he has uh, some Jewish blood in him. <laughs> Can we have one? movie about a jewish family that stars jewish actors just one why are we the only why are jews why are we the only ones where it's okay to like hire actors that are like obviously not jewish well i don't know if jews are the only ones considering james franco is about to be che guevara (laughs) Uh, but but i but i but people complained about that no 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 of course and i totally i do i do understand what you're saying i also think it's just so funny you know for the conspiracy theory that jews quote unquote run hollywood there really aren't very many who are out here on the screens yeah isn't that very interesting because it's kind of like where does the conspiracy come from Especially when you like think about early Hollywood, it was all about if you were Jewish, you had to like change your name and pretend you weren't. And now you tell uh, if you tell a Jewish story, it's Goyim up the wazoo. Mm, it's a Shonda. That's, it's a Shonda, it a and I don't Shonda. mean, and we don't mean rhymes, okay? Because that would be classic. No, but that was my rap name, Shonda Rhymes. Yeah, really <laughs> when good. I was a, a Yiddish uh, rapper. But the thing is. I saw Judd Hirsch was in the Fablemans. Uh-huh. I saw I saw him show up for a moment or two, doing a very heavy oh, no. Eastern European accent. By the way, doing a very like that kind of like accent, and I'm like, well, maybe they thought like his because he's actually Jewish. Maybe they thought his Jewishness was enough that they're like the rest should be goyim. Well, maybe. I mean, we all know Judd Hirsch. He's both a Zadie and a Zaddy. And so he's doing a lot of heavy lifting for a lot of people. Okay? Do you remember that show? He was in Numb Three Years. Numb Three Years. <laughs> Numb Three Years, a.k.a. Numbers. I believe it was on CBS. And it was about math. With Krumholtz? Solving crimes. Two Jewish men. A Krumholtz and a Hirsch? Krumholtz and a Hirsch. And then Rob Morrow? We don't know what was going on with him, but we got a Krumholtz and a Hirsch. Now, that was the best depiction of a Jewish family I've seen on television in years. Let's see. Is Rob Morrow... Now, I don't have Siri turned on, but Siri, is Rob Morrow Jewish? <laughs> Naomi, drum roll, please. Rob Morrow is Jewish. Okay. Which means Nub Threers is officially the most Jewish TV show 
outside of Transparent. Wow. Which did show a a Yom Kippur break the fast, if I remember, in one episode. Wow. Who knew Nem three years would be the best <laughs> representation of a Jewish family? Mara was born in New Rochelle, New York. Okay, the son now. Of Diane Francis, named Markowitz, a dental hygienist, and Murray Morrow, an industrial lighting manufacturer. We love Murray Morrow. He is Jewish and had a reform bar mitzvah. Wow. All three of them. Mm. Oh my God. I hope they had the high holy days off when they were filming. <laughs> I hope, I hope they did not make them on Rosh Hashanah film numb three years. They better not have. If they didn't get Rosh Hashanah off on numb three years. Do you think crafty, I'm retroactively <laughs> crafty had apples and honey? Oh, definitely. You think Krumholtz doesn't have that in his rider? <laughs> apples and honey, please. Rosh Hashanah is coming up for us, Naomi. You excited for you excited for some apples and honey? Well, you know, famously, you really were much more into me atoning than you were into me <laughs> getting apples and honey. I mean, when I discovered that just a week before Yom Kippur, there's Rosh Hashanah, but you didn't have me partake of that. You said, let's go to my parents' house for the atonement. Sure. And to know that just a week earlier, we could have been having sweets, what does that sweet tell you? treats and hanging out. <laughs> I was going to say, does that tell you more about me? than anything else that Yom Kippur is the one I want to really get into as opposed to Rosh Hashanah. But you should have known this all. But see, me. this is the thing. That's not, that's, it's, what's funny to me is because it's, it's not in line with you because you're not, you're not particularly religious. You have a cultural connection to Judaism, as you told me. Like you didn't, like obviously you, you were ethical, bar mitzvah and everything. I think an ethical. Sure. My point being though, you're not like. Well, temple's boring. That's the only reason well, I don't go. Okay, which is then why I'm so surprised. You're like, well, let's travel to Pennsylvania for the holiday where we starve and pray. Again. Because that's not your jam. Like, you are the man who makes sure to have a little vanilla mochi every night because he likes a sweet treat. I know, but atoning is my thing. Really? The, the guilt? Come on. I don't think of you as a, as a guilty boy. Oh, oh yeah. No, the guilt of the world. Weltschmerz. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what you're not going to get in the Fablements. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to be bringing us this real, real Weltschmerz conversation. Mm-mm. Is Spielberg from Ohio, Andy? I don't know. I just... I, oh, you just picked it. Yeah. I just wondered. No, because I was like, was he from, you know, the West or was he from... Serious. Steven Spielberg from Ohio? Yes. Okay, you just according knew that. to Wikipedia. You I mean, I don't have that. Siri on this thing. I'm just saying. I no, don't. but the fact <laughs> is, you just you quote unquote guessed Ohio, but it was Ohio, which means you know about Steven Spielberg. Yeah, probably in some neuron. Which I think is why you feel a little more betrayed by the Fablemans. You know what I mean? Because he is a Jewish icon, and so for him to finally tell his the story of his upbringing and give us Michelle Williams, you're like, well, what's the point of having all this power? Yeah, why and why Paul Dano? Why not just make it Alexander Skarsgård? Like just. <laughs> fucking throw <laughs> it should every, have just been the scars guards and the whole family every should hollywood have been the- aryan <laughs> oh my goodness just call it the aryans <laughs> oh hello we are some normal jewish family <laughs> guten tag what's so funny about your cartoonish german accent is that you actually did study german in school <laughs> And so for that to be your takeaway accent is really funny to me. <laughs> but you know what's not, Arian Andy? What's that? Today's episode. Oh, my God. Uh, Naomi, before we get into it, I have one comment. Please. This comes to us from Instagram. And this is uh, this is about Tien's episode. Hi, I was just listening to Tien Tran's episode, and I also watched Gattaca 
as part of a college course. Remember we talked about yes. Gattaca and, and that she had seen it in college and I was dumbfounded. Yes, yes. I was like, how do you, how does a college, how do you, maybe in high school, but in college someone's pulling out a, Look, pulling Andy, out a TV and Andy, showing Gattaca. How else do you think QAnon gets people? Mm. Had to laugh when Andy said he wouldn't even play it in a film class because <laughs> the name of the course was Science in Film. <laughs> Which, if you can believe it, met my college's requirement for a biology course. Oh, snap. Crying laughing emoji. Wow. You gotta drop this full name. This I need the full name of this college. This is, for that to be a biology requirement, or to, for that to meet a biology requirement is hysterical. <sighs> I weep for the youth. <laughs> I weep for the youth of our country. <sighs> Say a prayer for the youth of America. Where do you think we should move next? Where is the where is the like upcoming hegemon? Is it China? Should we move to China? No, I actually think it's pretty funny. You know, for all of our talk of Aryans, we probably need to move to Iceland or something. <laughs> we probably move somewhere Nordic. Are you okay with that? Are you, you're not like happy being the only black person at a party? No, but look, I'll probably have to shave my head because <laughs> there's nowhere I'm getting it done over there. Okay, <laughs> so just shave my head down. So you're really gonna have to get into wig work. Yes, and just I wouldn't even get wig work over there because they wouldn't even have the one B. So okay, they go, wouldn't have my color in Iceland. So you're just gonna go real Dora Milaje. Yes, that'll probably get me some you know attention, you know, and then just hopefully they you know they've got Netflix over there. They've seen that's my time. They've seen the stand-ups, and maybe that can get me through. <laughs> that can bypass some of the overt racism. <laughs> That's the hope. That's the hey. That's the hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We got another what? Forty years of this. <laughs> it's funny you say forty because I constantly say ten. So oh no, <laughs> you know. I hope not. Yeah, sure. Um, can we get to today's guest? Yes, this please. Was a this is fun one. This one like literally episode. lifted me up. I still think we recorded this some weeks ago, and I still think about it. It just really, oh, y'all, you've already heard her dulcet tones. We are talking to Shantira Jackson. Shantira is an improviser, writer. You know her work on shows like Saved by the Bell on Peacock, The Amber Ruffin Show, Big Mouth, Human Resources. She's part of the sketch comedy group Three Pete in Chicago. Uh, Shantira, she yeah. just really lifts me up. Uh, you should know, by the way, literally the moment we finished talking, and we said, okay, we're going to take a picture now. The internet went out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just keep that in mind that like we finished ha having this great talk. We were probably going to talk another like, you know, 10 minutes just chatting because we had so much fun with Shantir. Boom. Internet. Thank you, Spectrum. <laughs> Thank you, Spectrum. Thank you, Spectrum. Thank you, Spectrum. And you know what? Thank you, Shantira. Roll it. Shantira. Shantira, do you come from money? Oh, <laughs> oh Lord! I, you want to know what? I'm where the money come from now. <laughs> I asked. I'm okay. the money. I'm the money now. <laughs> solve, solve the Naomi and I were having a uh, debate. Do you mm -hmm. think weird rich white people? Do you think they cultivate weirdness so that they're not, uh, so that they have something cool about them, some air about them? Or do you think they're allowed to just be eccentric? And then they're like, oh, well, that's our eccentric friend. I think uh, both of those things are true. I don't even think you have to be rich in order to be a weird white person. 
Yes, like whiteness true. allows you to be weird and then they just be like that's the thing but if a black or brown person does it then they'll be like that's weird and they'll be like mm, the white people is doing it <laughs> um, and then but now it's weird but I do think that um, when they are like when they do things that are odd like I think there's like eccentric stuff and then there's like why you do that and then you find out it's because ain't nobody ever told them no before or yes. like so I think that some of it is purposeful, like when they cosplay poor, because I did improv in Chicago, and Dwayne Perkins, uh, yes. Who, yes, who we love, uh, he always posts this like um, around Thanksgiving and Christmas, and he's like, I cannot wait to see all of you rich people who cosplay poor, because you, you always fuck up around Christmas, when you'll be like, <laughs> you'll be like, home with my family and you'll be like where the fuck is this where right, is home right right where is home you made me give me give you three dollars for driving me home and then you got a balcony in your bedroom so like <laughs> make balcony it make sense make bedroom. it make sense or like everybody has in the same pajamas like obviously you don't have to be rich to do that but the there's that that like oh y'all do this mm-hmm and then, then it's like the 20 foot tree in the back and you'd be yes. like how who you did not decorate that tree right. how high is the ceiling so i right. do think that, that there's a lot of white people who like cosplay eccentric to avoid the conversation of of them having money yes but yeah so yes, does yes, that yes. answer that question that's what no, i know it does it was helpful <laughs> because we were talking about it right before i was like is I was convinced that it was, but I, I mean, I think you're right. I think it is both, but I also, I was saying that it was very much someone who was like, well, how do I give myself something interesting? We mm-hmm. were talking about specific, without saying say yeah. names, we were talking about specific UCB people we knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't so much because like, I didn't do UC, UCB. I like did Second City and uh, IO Chicago and Annoyance in Chicago. Oh, Annoyance. But, like, yeah, I, 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 you know, you can't, you, you got to do everything. I did comedy sports, baby. I was doing anything that would eventually get me some money. <laughs> like, you want me to do um, short form games and never swear? I got you, baby. <laughs> Give me the time. <laughs> Give it to me. Um, but yeah, I did Annoyance in Chicago for a little while. But I think that like, there's all, I don't even think it's necessarily comedy. Rich people, like really rich people, like my grandma always said like wealth, not rich. Like, mm-hmm. wealthy people do not want you to know they got no money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they be, like, saying and doing stuff. You be like, that motherfucker weird. And then you be like, oh, it's because you worth a billion dollars. Right. You, you a don't weirdo. want anyone to ask you for anything. You, you're a weirdo because you're so rich. You don't know how to be, like, regular. It's like, okay. <laughs> Wish I had that problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. They never learn the rules that we all have to navigate yeah. the world by because, like, it's like, I don't know, I have $10, and so I have to, like, I have to behave. Right, exactly. Well, when you broke, you got to behave, and when you're rich, you get to just well, be cocooned. There are things that, like, I'm, like, nouveau riche. Obviously not rich, but, like, y'all, I used to be poor. And when you start working on TV shows, that's the most money I've ever made in my entire life mm-hmm. is working on a TV show. And mm-hmm. it's, like, I'm not talking about creating no show. If you get a job in a writer's room, it'll be more money than anything. They go, they're going to tax the fuck out of it. But <laughs> it's, like, I, like, remember, like, when I eventually paid off my debt and, like, I went to the grocery store and my partner was, like, how much was that? And I was, like, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, I stopped. And I was like, I have never 
right. in my life. It, it took me till my 30s and to be like, I have never in my life gone grocery shopping and not known exactly how much everything cost yep. uh-huh. and how much it might cost and how much interest I had left on my credit card <laughs> that I could use before the interest made it go over the max. Like, yep. I have, uh-huh. you know what I mean? So like, I was like, damn, I'm a new bitch. Like, <laughs> yes. So, yes. I was like, I can just go to the grocery store and start plucking. So like, I can only imagine what somebody with real money could do when like, I was a new bitch and I was just like walking around Whole Foods being like, huh, strawberries, get two pounds, baby. <laughs> Organic two pounds today. A mango? How about three? Like, that's just like a little bit of something. So I can't imagine what's going on or how people act when they ain't got no rules. I have a question. So, you know, you, you brought up your partner. Mm-hmm. Were y'all together? Uh, did y'all get together, like, when you moved out to L.A.? And so, basically, you guys met. She knew you as, like, the TV writer, sort of this new phase of your life. Um, Kind of, yeah. So, like, I moved out here, and I met her out here. And um, I'm always say her, like, I never say her name. Like, everybody, if people be Googling me. And, like, if you know, like, if you ever Google yourself, and they, like, show what other people be looking for. Like, it'd be Shantira Jackson partner. I'd be like, yeah, wild. She's <laughs> hidden. She's in the street. She's, she's secret. She's never coming out, baby. Um, she's just, like, living her fucking life. But uh, I came out here and I met her, and I purposefully was, like, on the apps, like, not looking for an improviser. <laughs> I was like, I want somebody who has no idea who I am from Chicago. Like, I get to be, like, like a person instead of, like, something that I do. Uh, and then I met her and she do it too. And it was like, well, damn. But <laughs> uh, it was really nice because it wasn't like the comeuppance. I think that like when you're like both in classes and you meet, there's like different. But I also like never really dated in Chicago because I started booking in the power dynamic. I know men love that, but I did not. What I look like <laughs> teaching uh, and then dating some boy. I was like, mm, uh, it's not for me. So when I moved out here... Um, like we were both just kind of like, I had just got a job at busy tonight and she was doing like clown work. She's a clown. Oh. <laughs> uh, so like we were both like doing, uh, like art and stuff, but like very separately, very differently. She's a writer too, but like she was like performing and doing like all this like improvised, like check off and shit like that. And I was like, <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> she's smarter than me I was like girl I don't know I know Chekhov's guns so I can do improv but I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna read all of that so um yeah I met her out here when I like had already paid off on my debt which I think was like very cool so like I got to be like a cool person like if I asked you out on a date I could be like get as many drinks as you want baby you can have as much food as you want I got the apps let's go I have my little my little job and I was like oh it's fun to date when you can you know pick up the tab or like where you want to go it was cool right 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 but that's like part of it though right that confidence not just it's fun to date but you feel a little more confident and so you yeah. can kind of i had nice uh-huh. clothes everything out I, I had bought some new stuff like i was like looking i had a leather jacket i was like oh my gosh like i was really in my bag when we started dating <laughs> you want two orders of mozzarella sticks get three hell i mean mozzarella sticks for every table on the joint yes yeah, one for you one for me and one for you to take home and remember me by <laughs> like, let's go <laughs> 
you said though you said you weren't really dating in Chicago, but like had you had a lot of relationships before? No, okay. I had not had a lot of relationships. I had like a couple entanglements, but like <laughs> this was like my first like that's my girlfriend. Like this is my solid relationship, oh, okay. and like but like you know I kissed some people, I, I did some stuff uh, <laughs> before, but also in Chicago, like one of the things it was so funny too is because like I like. <laughs> I uh, wasn't dating anyone, but, like, everybody, if you're, like, not dating anyone, like, everyone's, like, obsessed with your sexuality, which is, like, my favorite. And they'll be like, she's single. She Is she queer? She's single. She, she, what's going on? And I was like, it's none of your business, which, like, I never try to hide anything, but I was just like, mm, I love this game of you being desperate to know something that has literally nothing to do with you. So, like, also, like, there's nothing, like, I believe to be more queer than for somebody to be like, are you seeing anyone and for me to be like i'm really focused on my comedy right now like y'all should have known i was gay <laughs> like it's nothing gayer than being like i really have to focus on my sketch um <laughs> i'm really focused on my sketch team right now so i can't go on a date <laughs> um so like it, i didn't date a lot because i knew i knew that i would always choose me over somebody else hmm. so like if i got a job somewhere i was leaving if I, I got second city touring company, I was there was no conversation to be had, mm -hmm. and I like really felt like in order to be in a relationship that was meaningful, I also knew that I wanted to eventually grow out of Chicago. So I wanted to go to LA or I wanted to go to New York, and I knew that at no point in time would I be asking anybody how they felt about it. So mm. we could kiss, but <laughs> I am not going to be in a relationship with you because. I'm not gonna make decisions with you. I make decisions with my partner now, but I knew what I wanted was really selfish and I gave it to myself. Hmm. Did that actively stop you from like going further in, in these uh, entanglements or? <laughs> okay, so kind of, I should say that like, also like, I was, um, I, I was, I'm not dead. I am a dark skinned black woman. So, and I, like, present more masculine, and all those, they weren't trying to fuck me. They weren't trying to date me. Like, I think that there's this thing when you're, like, in this community, especially, like, comedy, that, like, all these people are, like, sleeping with each other and trying to hit on you and trying to ask you out. Nobody was trying to fuck with me. And then, later on, I, I also, like, had been so stunted like in like dating opportunities when I was growing up mm -hmm. um that like I even to this day have a hard time recognizing if somebody actually likes me like that so it used to take me years <laughs> now it takes me a couple of hours so like it still takes a couple of hours that's growth though that's, that's a big growth. it really is it really is so like I was so used to people not wanting to date me that my first assumption and the first thing I did was like it was really great for me because, like, I got to be very authentically myself all the time because I was never trying to, like, get people yeah. to want to date me because my whole life nobody wanted to. So, like, I think that there's that thing, too. People be like, you single. It's like, it's easy to be single when ain't nobody trying to fuck you. Like, let's be real. It's not like I was like, oh, beating them off with a stick. But then, like, later, my girlfriend now also <laughs> will tell me, like, she'll be like, that person is flirting with you. They are actively hitting on you. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> and she'll be like, when they come back, just watch. And I'll be like, oh, shit, okay, I'm going to watch. So, like, I, 
and like That's so still, funny. But she's not wrecking. like Shantira, come over here with me. Shantira, no, no, get she loves me. She's like somebody that like that she loves me and I love her and she's like somebody that I love who chose me. Somebody else tried to steal you. That's funny because I'm not going nowhere. She was like, "You're not going nowhere," and I was like, "You're yeah. right. I'm not. I'm not going nowhere. And I wouldn't know where to go because I like my like." When I, I left, I wouldn't know where to go. I when I left Chicago, like people would like when I would come back, people would tell me they had crushes on me, which I oh that's hate. fun, that's the dream. I, I really hate that because you that's too? for you. I don't want it. That's for you. That's not for me. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that? When you was here three years ago, I really loved you. Well, I don't live here no more. We could have been kissing this whole time. What's this for? Keep it to yourself. I don't want to know that. But then like. <laughs> Like, oh, like, okay, like, great, well, okay. But, like, more recently, like, I had went to, like, a bar. This is before I met my partner. Like, I had went to a bar, and, oh, my God, this girl, she was so pretty. And she, like, walked in with this, like, very, like, this, like, this bro that I was like, oh, my gosh, you're so, I don't even know you, but I know you better than him. So, like, (laughs) but I was like, damn, she, like, fly. But then I was like, oh, like, she's straight. And also, like, I was just visiting. I was going to leave. So, like, I was at the bar closing the tab. And this girl was like, I love your glasses. I was like, thank you so much. And she was, and like some song was playing by like Fiona Apple. Now, again, I think everybody want to be my friend. So this girl is fine. But I was like, we're going to talk about Fiona Apple. So she was like, I haven't seen Fiona Apple in a while. And I was like, oh my God, she's doing great. Like she just won a <laughs> Grammy. Like her last album was really cool. And I like did all these Wikipedia facts. And then she like touched my shoulder. She was like, oh, that's so cool. And then the, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. and then the, uh, the barkeeper. <laughs> gave me um my tab and i was like it is cool have a good night and then i always pat everybody on the back because i don't want anybody to think i'm like playing with them so i always go nice to meet you buddy i call everybody buddy i said nice to meet you buddy and then i went home and then i went home and i was like talking to my friend and she was like how was last night and i was like oh it was so cool i met this really pretty girl and then i went it only took me like eight hours to realize what was going on. <laughs> I had a full night's rest, <laughs> got up and ate some oatmeal, and then I was like, damn. So I realized what happened. I was like, okay, we're getting better. We're getting better. And so like, that was a whole night's rest. And then more recently, I got home in a couple hours, like three hours, and I realized it. So like, pretty soon, maybe one day in the next five years, I don't know it's happening when it's happening. In the moment. In the in moment. The moment. <laughs> and you're saying that Florida didn't help you grow as a person? It, I left uh, Florida, like, I don't really know if they do this anymore, but I went to school for free. So, like, basically there was this, the, the Florida lottery, lottery paid for you to go to a public university. Oh. So, like, I really wanted to go to Georgia Tech or Duke. And then we had to do a project, like, our sophomore year and, like, like see how much everything cost. <laughs> and then uh, I could go to Florida State for free, like, 100% free, or I could pay, like, $150,000 to go to Georgia Tech. And I was like, mm. So I stayed there for college, graduated early so I can leave as soon as possible. And then I dipped. So Florida <laughs> is a wonderful place to be born and raised. Tallahassee is a great place to learn how to party. Then, party okay i was gonna say it's like you ain't learning 
Florida is not a great place to be raised. No, it's it's a good place to be raised if your parents are like, okay, my parents are like pretty good, you <laughs> okay. know? And then right. you The leave. suburbs really depend on that. It depends yeah. on like if your parents are cool. My parents are like decent. So like yeah. the suburbs were fun. <laughs> yeah, my parents were decent and like nice folks. Like I, I it was fine. And then yeah. like, I also like was like, mature enough to be like i gotta go but i have like i think everybody needs somebody my cousin jazz is like the coolest person i've ever met she's always she's still cool i like was in atlanta last week for work and i got to see her she's three years older than me which i think is the prime spot it's like (laughs) when i was when i was seven she was 10 double digits when i was 10 when i was 10 she was 13 a newly Fourteen. When I was thirteen, she got the keys to the car. She was driving. Yes, she yes. Was the, so like those three years, eighteen. She was twenty-one. Like she was always the best, and she's so smart. So like I was in Chicago doing improv, and she got a PhD. Like she's a fucking doctor. Oh she's God. literally just the best. But I always had her in my corner. But I didn't tell my family. I told my. I told Jazz. I was like, I think I want to go to Chicago to do improv, and she was like, Do it. You're too big for Tallahassee. And she's the coolest mm. person I know. So if she told me to do it. If she would have told me to stay home, I probably would have stayed home. Right, she was right. like, she was like, do it. You can do anything. And she had um been she went to the University of Florida for school. And um everybody gave her so much guff for leaving home for school. Hmm. So like she got into college like November or December or whatever. And then for like six months, it was just constant people being like, you should stay here. You should stay in your hometown. You shouldn't leave. Blah, 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 da, 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 da. So when I told her I wanted to leave, she said, tell everybody two weeks before you go. <laughs> and I was like, word. She was like, just tell them two weeks before you go, get you a non-refundable ticket, make all your plans and tell them that you're leaving. Don't tell them that you need their help leaving. Mm. Do it. And then I did it, and for two weeks, everybody and their mama tried to convince me not to leave. Really? Why? Why were they so intent on getting their hooks in you and keeping you forever? Because nobody leaves. Uh Uh-huh. Nobody leaves. I have, like, one aunt who lives in Chicago, which is one of the reasons I, like, when I was trying to pick my my improv dreams, it was like... (laughs) New York, there was UCB. I had been one time for like a school trip in LA. I had never, I lived at home for college. So like the thought of moving somewhere and knowing absolutely no one and not really having like a wonderful support system. Uh, I have one aunt in the suburbs and she wasn't incredibly supportive, but I knew that if shit hit the fan, right, if right. everything blew up in my face, I go to my auntie's house and figure out a way to get back home. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, like Tallahassee was like, it was fine. It was like safe and nice enough. But like my cousin, like, Save my life. Like, the reason that I'm, like, talking to you is because she was like, I believe in you. You should leave. And I was like, okay, well, Jazz said I should get out of here. So uh, I'm going to listen to her instead of my fucking parents. Thank God. Thank <laughs> yes. God. We love Jazz. Thank you, Jazz, for getting Tira out, out, out. I know. It's, she it's, really. It's very, you know, it's to me, that's very foreign to me as someone who grew up in New York, a place where everyone mm-hmm. wants to go, and a place that I, would, for the longest time, was like, oh, yeah, I'll just live here for the rest of my life. And yes. even, yeah. and, even New, and even New York, like, I did, you know, live abroad, and obviously I'm here in L.A. now, mm-hmm. still think New York's bitter, but <laughs> it's like, you know, when you live someplace like that, because I, cause, cause I would say even in living in New York, mm-hmm. I didn't understand how you made these uh, creative dreams come true. 
Like I didn't yeah. understand. Like I would go to see shows. I remember I wanted to work on be on Broadway. I thought that was the coolest job. I also thought you only worked two hours a day. So that's a real <laughs> hack. And I was like, so it was like And no Mondays? No Mondays. Oh, yeah. no. No Mondays real Garfield man. schedule. Yeah. I thought, oh, that'll be great. But I still <laughs> didn't know how you actually do it. And it wasn't until I started taking improv classes mm-hmm. and I would see people I you know from UCB like around on commercials. That was like oh. the first thing that made it seem like, oh, there must be a line from here to here because that's a real person I know. Whereas the TV felt like a magical box to me and I didn't understand how you got on it. You know what I mean? That even I absolutely un- I absolutely understand that. And in Tallahassee, I always wanted to be like on TV. Like I wanted that. And I feel like everybody who ever had Nickelodeon was like, yeah. damn, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be on yes. Clarissa. Can I be Clarissa? Yeah, like, I want to be really- Stimpy. I know, like, I wanted to be, I wanted to work in TV, but, like, that's not a feasible, The like, obviously nepotism is running rampant in this industry, but it's because, like, you got to see it to be it, and if yep. your dad is a movie star, that's something that you can decide that you want to do. Right. I, I wanted to work in television. The only way I knew that I could absolutely get on TV was to work in news. So I oh. went to school and got a journalism degree so that I could tell the stories of the people mm-hmm. and be on TV. So then I went and worked at a news station. I don't know if you ever seen the news, but yeah, it was terrible. I was like, oh, I got to reevaluate because I was in school interning at the station. And I was like, this absolutely is not what I want. I cannot mm. do this. So I good old Google shout out to 2009. Shout out to <laughs> 2009. Yeah. Shout out to 2009. Google. And I started Googling all about all the women comedians that I really liked and mm. I wanted to know how they got where they were. So like I I did Wanda Sykes cuz like I really loved her stand up. I really liked the way she does like I like that storytelling type of of comedy and uh it was just like a lot of like stand up and there Tallahassee is not a stand up town <laughs> and I was not about to make it one. So I was like, okay, so we're not going to do what she do. So then I was like, that's when like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey were on Weekend Update and I was like, how they get that job? Mm. And they came from Second City in uh. Chicago. And I had been to Chicago before. So I had graduated. So you were like, I, it's a real place. I've heard of it. Go I've on. heard of it. And and uh, my uh-huh. aunt who lives in the Burbs, I called her and asked her if she'd heard of it. And she was like, yes, I've heard of it. And she was like, a lot of famous comedians go there. And like, you could take classes there. And I was like, okay. So then I, I went back to my friend Google. And um, I had like just graduated college. So I had like got like a bunch of graduation money. So I had like $1,000. I was rich. <laughs> <laughs> I was rich. I had just a thousand dollars in cold hard fucking cash, and I went online and I got a, a plane ticket round trip to Chicago. Also in January, like the dumbest bitch on the planet. But I really wanted to go. I like graduated college December eighth, and I was taking classes like January, like I want to say sixth. Uh, but like that, like I was like, great, I have a month, and I bought a round trip plane ticket, and I bought a week. Uh, a weeks of a week intensive for improv and a week intensive for writing and i was like i'm gonna go see what this place is about mm-hmm. and if i like it i'm gonna do this and if i don't like it i'm gonna go to grad school and buy myself some time <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I went and um, uh, there were no black people except for one black lady. And there was like one black guy, but I was like trying to see myself. Uh, one black woman, her name's Christina Anthony. I don't know if you guys yes, know Yes, yes, yes. She was on um, the new Mixed show. Mixed, Mixed thank you. Yeah, she played Aunt D, I think. So yep. she was like the only person, the only black woman I saw the whole week. Ugh. And she was on a resonant stage, and she was the baddest bitch I'd ever seen in my entire fucking life. Like, she was so cool, and there was, like, a scene. I'll never forget. Like, it really is, like, a formative moment in my life. Like, there was a scene in the sketch, and uh, it was, like, stud, uh, Brother, Can You Spread Some Change? is the title of the show. And there's a scene, and she comes out by herself on stage, and she was like, where my sister's at? And I raised my hand. I was the only black woman <laughs> in the entire fucking audience. And Hold if that on. would happen at an improv show, <laughs> no, no. this a, does not check out. No, it wasn't improv. It was a sketch show. It was like uh, so even was, worse. Yes, <laughs> yes. But, um, but she was like, but "That's all right." Chicago. I yeah. Chicago. It's the north side of Chicago, and black people are not paying forty dollars to see sketch. Sorry, like <laughs> yeah. we're just not doing it. Uh, they're going to the south side and they watch a stand up for five dollars and a drink. Like that's yeah. what that's what we was doing. So then uh, she looked at me and she was like, "That's all right. Like that happened to me a lot, but look where I am." And I was like, "I want your job." And uh, I decided. Okay. I was like, I want your job. I'm going to have your job. Uh -huh. And then uh -huh. I made my decision to fucking move. I was like, I'm going to come do whatever this bad bitch is doing. I don't even know what this is. This is weird. <laughs> but okay. Uh -huh. This makes sense. What I had imagined was you found like a dog-eared copy of a Del Close book. <laughs> No, some people do do that. In the no. woods, like porn, but, yeah, like porn in, in the I, woods. I, I saw, I saw A.D. Bryant perform that week. I saw um, Tim Robinson perform that week. Like uh, Cecily Strong was there. I went to go see, there's like a show called Virgin Daiquiri. It's like an all women's show. Uh, and I went and saw a show at Second City. And then me and my class like booked it on the train to go to I.O. to watch another show. And two of the women from the Second City show had also come and they did another show. And my mind was fucking blown. I was like, <laughs> you can do two shows in one day? <laughs> what is this sorcery? <laughs> okay, Tira, Tira, I'm done talking about improv. Yeah, okay? Because yeah. I want to know. Because it sounds like, obviously, like, yes, you had your focus. You moved. Yeah. You, you did hit, hold on, sorry. You did hit Naomi's improv limit for about a month. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, That's you just guys, my story. But right, no, 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 I get it. And I'm like, yeah. I feel like, you know, and as you said, like, you know, you were very focused on that. You kind of came in knowing the thing you wanted. Yeah. But I think you, we also know, because I feel like we talked about this at, um, mm -hmm. at Atsuko's birthday, mm -hmm. you know, you then kind of come over here you come to LA where it's like all business all the time and you kind of realize you can't be that myopic, right? No, Cause it'll kind of make you not. crazy. So yeah. sort of, I guess I'm curious to see sort of what was your process. And especially cause also too, like you and Dwayne, when you guys did the show and in general, mm -hmm. you've talked about like being the only fucking black people and how that mm -hmm. was just like a pain in the ass in a writer's room. And yeah. also, but just doing improv too, like in Chicago, oh, yeah. like doing stuff yeah. where it's like everything, you know, the work of all that. <laughs> yeah. Sort of what did you do? To give yourself balance, to get your mm -hmm. head right. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's a lot. Like, and I remember this too. Like, I mean, we, Andy and I met at UCB. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. when you're in your 20s and you're just like, yes, we're doing this. And it's the, it's your social hub. It's the stuff yeah. you do. It's how you're going to do it all. But then it can get so dramatic and fraught mm -hmm. and draining and like, you know, all that other stuff. So it's all, uh, it's an Ouroboros, right? It's, yeah. uh, it's eating itself. <laughs> yes. yes. It's eating yes. itself. <laughs> 
And so it's like, what did you do or when did you kind of come to realize you needed to kind of step outside of that? I had a job and I had been chasing work and I got what I wanted. So then I just switched. It's like not even that deep. It was like I was where I wanted to be professionally. And that was always my number one goal. Mm -hmm. And once I got where I wanted to be professionally, I decided to work on like a romantic life or a dating life. I also like felt very watched in Chicago. Like very like it was improv is I know you're done with improv, but it was a (laughs) it's a small world. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at someone, if you kiss someone, if you leave with someone, your business is everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like a very private person. And I like wasn't interested in like all of my big love failures or big love interests or like I did have like one improv thing and it it sucked. Because I would just like show up and we'd be on the same bill. Or I would just Uh like, (laughs) right. it just like was like you couldn't get away from it. So like I wasn't going to the same theaters every night meeting the same people. I deliberately went out of my way to like ask out people that like I had just met at a party. Or like to to meet people where I was, not where I was trying to be. Uh And like uh uh that was what it was for me. Like I came out here for a job. Great. I like had my money, I like had my style, I like had my friendships, and then like I had the wherewithal for a relationship, and then I decided to start like really dating, and knowing mm-hmm. that if I decided to date someone, they weren't going to show up in my class the next week. Right, 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 right. Was it really right. that like kind of just rational, where you're just like, all right, I got a writing job, now I can... Now I can do this other thing. I know you're very or like, rational. Or like during like the, these other part, like when you were in business mode, did you mm-hmm. have yearnings? I mean, I did. And I like, you know, did my thing out here in these streets. I would like go to Chicago and like hook up with people. Or I would like be in New York and just like, you know. But I also am, al- I've always been very honest about what I am about. Like there are people who are like, oh, baby, I might. No, I was like, I'm in town for two days. And then I'm going to go back to what I want to be doing. So like. I was never looking for something more Mm -hmm. in the other cities that I was living in. But I also was very clear about that because I'm not an asshole. At least I tried not to be, you know. Uh And then when I came to L.A., I also was very clear that I was, like, looking for something more than casual. And then there's people who are looking for casual. And I was like, that's not what I'm looking for. So, like, it was, like, I feel like I was just mature because I did what I wanted, what I want, when I wanted to. And then the new thing I wanted was something more solid. And I decided to actively pursue that. And it, like, it worked out. And, I mean, I went on some dates and, like, it didn't work out. But Did you do the apps? I did. I met my partner on Hinge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was okay, fun because okay. I was in a writer's room. And let me tell you, if you're dating a writer and you met them on an app, everybody in that room has seen everything. <laughs> like, we just like, we were just like on the app. And Swiping, they were, like, yep, in the they room. They would like swipe on the room or they would be like, we would just talk to, it's a room full of writers. And we'd be like, what should we say? <laughs> so yeah, it was very fun. That's very cute. That's <laughs> cute. But, but it's true though, what you're kind of saying, Andy, because you are, you seem very, um, focused and self-aware and so then that brings me to my other favorite question have you ever done therapy or you just had parents who told you you were enough and you just carried that into adulthood 
I have two therapists. <laughs> my parents are um, very kind people. They could have been better parents. Um, my father uh, was always very great with boundaries. So if I told him something hurt my feelings, he would say he was sorry to me and never oh, wow. do that thing again. Wow. And I didn't realize yeah. how rare that yep. was until I became an adult and how him... Obviously, having shortcomings in other ways, the boundaries that he respected for me were monumental. Yeah. Because this is an industry of people pushing your boundaries constantly. And if my own daddy yeah. treats me well, why would I let some white man in a TV room treat me bad? That's and crazy. this is what we talked about that night when we were mm-hmm. like, you're like, I'm not going to sit here and like let you disrespect me and like pretend it's a joke or try to push or whatever. And I remember because you also said, too, you were visiting your dad. And I was like, wow, you like your dad? That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> What's that like? Yeah. What's that like? Yeah. He's a nice man. But I, I will say that, like, and my mother also, like, she always, like, could have been better. Not going to lie. Both of them, both of them, they could have been better. But what they did well, they hit it out of the park. Uh-huh. Boundaries. My father really respected my boundaries. And my mother always taught me to really respect myself and see myself as a person. So, like, I'll never forget, like, if she was like, if a teacher is mean to you or rude to you, you let me, like, I believe you. Like, my mother Mm. always told me that she would pick my side. Yes. Always. So, like, when I became, like, an adult in this industry of where people are always trying to fuck you, I was like, my not-so-great parents don't even fuck me like that. So... <laughs> so yeah, I was gonna I say you must have learned boundaries. Like when you go on your little smooch holidays, and you're yeah. like, "I got two days. We're gonna smooch. That's it. I'm going <laughs> yeah. back." You know, yeah. Smooch holiday. Like, I love a smooch holiday. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the. Th- I was like, "Oh wow, you like really like." I'm just learning in middle age <laughs> how to draw back, ba- and it's great. It's amazing. I've set boundaries with people, and they've like, okay. And they'd respect it. I'm just like, what? Oh, I could have done this for the first yeah. half of my life. <laughs> it, it's really interesting, but it's also like, it's really powerful because in, I keep just talking about the industry in general. Like, I'm, I don't have a lot of power, but I am in control of myself in mm-hmm. always, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that when people are so used to saying any kind of thing to anybody and people being, I ain't desperate for shit. I'll yeah. go back and work at the Apple store. Right. I don't fucking need you. Yeah. This is fake. TV is fake. This is the <laughs> fakest shit in the world. Exactly. I'ma let you I'ma let you yell at me about a man you made up one day at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I need to take this clip it out and play it. Every That's crazy. Day. So you made up a person, sold the idea of the person. Writing the made up person, and you gonna yell at me, a real person, over this fake nigga? I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, oh. <laughs> I'll kill you. I really will. You can catch this. You can catch these Florida hands. This is fake. That this is a fake thing. Over the pandemic, I was thinking. I'm uh, thinking about like, should you know? Should I like try to get staffed or or what? Like in this time, and I was mm-hmm. like. Do I really want someone screaming at me at two in the morning about the fiftieth iteration of a joke? No, they shouldn't it's be screaming not, at or you. Do I want to live my fucking life? <laughs> but you should be able to have both. You should have a job that yeah. you like without somebody yelling at you because that's fake. That's a fake thing. And I think that that's one of the things about like 
our generation of people coming up and the generation of people who are in charge. Like there are so many people in charge on so many of th- uh, so many things who are terrible at communicating. Yes. Are terrible bosses. Are but the reason that they're in charge is cuz all those super terrible people who were there before, they had no boundaries, no comeuppance, no ability to stand up for themselves and they shut all their actual feelings down and got promoted. Right. The right. real bad the real bad bitches, they ain't got no jobs. <laughs> <laughs> So you left with somebody who don't like their wife. So you got to be there till two in the morning. I'm sorry you don't like your wife, Chris. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you ever been in a job and you'd be like, the only reason we're here is because you don't like your family. Yep. But, uh, yep. Yeah. And it's like, get a divorce so we can all go home. Or right, stay here exactly. and write it by yourself. But like, I've worked for people who love their families. I got to go home. My daughter has a softball game. I got to go home. I want to have a birthday dinner with my husband. We got the time. It's plenty of time to write fake TV. <laughs> 12 hours to write fake? And it's all the same? Uh, Mar- it's, either, it's all the same. Mary Tyler Moore is the same shit from 1963. <laughs> same shit. So we ain't got to be here till 2 in the morning for this. It's fucking crazy. Oh, oh, Tira, you learned so early and you're so right. I mean, I think a lot of Andy's been too, because, like, because, you know, I've been writing in rooms and, you know, he's been wanting to get staffed. But then he's like, Naomi, every time I see you come back from a room, it's like some bullshit where I'm like, maybe I don't need this as much. And it's more about creating my own stuff. And that's where he excels. He's out here selling left and right. And so it's kind of like, like you, learning. my boy. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And I realize about Matt realize this about me too it's like it's funny because someone said to me where they were like it's all about finding the crazy that works for you like she described the writer's room like you gotta everything's gonna have its bullshit and be crazy but what's the crazy that you vibe with i vibe with money (laughs) (laughs) well this is my thing i was like i don't like the idea that crazy is still the baseline it's not I get finding what works that, for you, but I don't get why it has to be the crazy that works. By the way, for you. it doesn't have to be. We took a WGA showrunners course, and it was I, very. I, I, was I just applied to that. I want to get that. Oh, yeah, the like longer program. We did like a day thing, it, and just oh, the day thing was yeah. great. And it was just like, oh, it doesn't have to be crazy. No, if you just it like, does not. It's like very like like here's the stuff you do, and they gave like protocols like if someone's acting up, like how to talk to them. I'm just like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, like it, it can be normal. Well, if you know how to use your fucking words. Yes. And you know, yeah. And you know what you want. And that's the problem. It goes back to so many of And I think you're right. It's like, you know, if you've made it this far or for this long, it is because you have let people do you dirty. And then you, and you think put that's up the only with way. a lot in the 90s. You put up a lot in the night because a lot of those showrunners who are around now, those OGs, they're like 20 or 30 years into the game. So like all those horror stories that we hear. That's when they were staff writers. Right. Right. So like the examples they have are terrible and they think that not actively being as terrible as those bosses who were before them makes them like an actively good boss. And it's not. And it's like there is no comparison because everybody who like if you feel in frog, you didn't jump. They got fired. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's <got> like, <laughs> but like. Okay, I think we should we do we go take a break, Andy? Yeah. And try to answer a question. Yeah, or two? but do you have one last question? Or do- Well, I guess I was just very curious in your relationship, you know, and because you are, you know, a boundary setter and you're direct. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the early days of dating are always a little 
we're all trying to kind of show out a little bit. It's a little bit of a performance. <laughs> it's a little bit of a show. You know? Yeah. And so sort of, you know, reconciling that, like, the flirtation, the swag, the game we all play in dating mm-hmm. up against the fact that you're like, this is it. I'm not really gonna, like, you want it or you want, or you want out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, because y'all have been together a long time now, and so it's like, and obviously you said you came here, you know, you had, your debt was behind you, you were working, you were actualized, if you will. Yes. And you, you flipped a romantic switch. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I was okay, like, ready. I'm ready for this now. Cause I, I didn't feel like I was before. I also felt more confident. Like I felt like I knew myself more. I knew my own, like, I just like knew who I was and I did it before. I was just kind of like winging it. <laughs> <laughs> so That's did you not, to do. Did, you, did you not like hide parts of yourself in these early dating days? Or were you just like, this is me, take it or leave it? Um, I, I wasn't hiding anything because I didn't really have anything to hide. I just was like, I also think that um, the apps for me, I thought it was nice because it skipped the whole part of do you like me? You swiped mm-hmm. right. You swiped on me, right? And then you decided to keep talking to me. I've been ghosted. I've been ignored. I've been unmatched with. So, like, if you swipe right, you stuck around. The conversation's good. I also think in queer dating, the possibility for friendship is so much, like, more of an option mm. than, like, when I was dating men. Like, I the girl that I went out with and it wasn't so great, she called me the other day and was like, you want a job? I was like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> like, that's great. She was like, you want to hang out soon? So I think that, like, the ability for, like, it's not obviously, like, queer relationships got their own. I, I didn't had a tumultuous one. <laughs> Destroyed my life. But um, I do find that, like, when you get older, there, that, that like, kind of, um, that joke that all lesbians are, like, friends with each other. Like, I would talk to people and be like, oh, like, I don't think this is going to work, but, like, I really like your art. It's okay if I still follow you on Instagram. There's, like, four artists that I follow <laughs> that they make really cool stuff. And I was like, this is cool. I don't want to date you, but, like, I'm just going boop, boop. So yep. Yep. <laughs> I think that the apps really helped me, especially someone who, like, really struggled with confidence in dating, of, like, approaching people or trying to figure out what to say. I think I'm pretty good with words. I'm a writer. If I know you like me. Right. And if I already know that that's half the, the battle. Yeah. For, that yeah, was yeah, half yeah. the battle for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. It's like, um, and you wake up and you'll be like, oh, four people in Los Angeles think I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> What a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Okay. Now I think we're ready to answer some questions, Andy. Okay. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And we're back with Shantira Jackson here to help you handle your scandal, honey. Shantira is here, honey, with boundaries. Okay, with focus, with professionalism. Naomi, should we put ourselves as a couple on the apps just to get the excitement? We don't want to date anyone or just see who likes talk us. to anyone, but just to like get the like, oh, four people like us. Okay, cool. Yeah, but I think what would happen is they would Google either of us and quickly be like, I believe you're in a long term relationship with someone called a Jubu and you want to stop talking about them. I believe, I believe you're a long term monogamous relationship. What? Why are you doing this? People, we want the ego boost. We want the ego boost. People would do that. There would be like uh, couples on there being like looking for friends, and you'd be like, "No, I'm not. I don't." For me, I was like, "I don't need no more couple friends." But it, you might. Well, get no. What, I what if it say, was just wait? What if we were honest and said just looking for an ego boost? Just yeah, like message me or swipe right if you think I'm cute. Yeah, but you don't have to do, do anything else. I just want to know who thinks I'm cute. Yeah, do it. <laughs> What they gonna say? They gonna say no? You already ain't doing it. What's the difference? Exactly. <laughs> Good. All yeah. right. We get questions <laughs> from all over the world through Instagram, Twitter, Gmail, voicemail. Our favorite three two three five two four seven, seven eight, eight three nine. nine. You got a three minute limit, okay? Three so don't be coming in limit. here with these long messages. Then you get cut, cut off. Three then you try to call back and pick it up minute. when you left off, and it's just too much. Limit. <laughs> That's what I have to say every time. <laughs> also, pop your pronouns in there. Yeah, you, we need your pronouns. Because you want us to default to they them, we can do that. Okay, and we will. That's a threat. <laughs> we will default to they them. If you don't tell us. <laughs> All right. I thought this one was interesting to start out with. Naomi, Andy, my friends. The way I've been listening to this podcast, any given moment, I'm by myself, so in my mind, well, homies already. But a little background on me. I'm 23, and I did finished my bachelor's in 2020, and I'm going to go get my master's in one month. Um, so she's educated or whatever, but my master's will be international. So I'll be going to France, and I'm scared. So Naomi, I know you were in Australia for some time, and I know you were an academic and a professor. So I wanted to know what advice you'll have. I'm basically experiencing very early onset imposter syndrome. The school is, like, pretty nice and prestigious and everything, which I love, but I'm also, like, I'm a random black girl from suburban Texas, and y'all are all, like, fancy. So let me know what to do. How do I move from the country by myself? How do I make my mind go back into, like, the academic setting and make sure that it's not just complete mush now? (laughs) So, yeah, we're dealing with a lot. But any advice I have, please give it to me also anyone else who's on the pod i'm like binging the pod from 
2020 right now, so I don't know who's there, but shout out to you too. But yeah, let me know what to do and how to heal my mind before I'm off. I have exactly four weeks before my flight, so anything I got to say, I will eat it up. And this voicemail is becoming its own podcast, so I'm gonna stop now. But thank you. Let me know what you think. Bye. Okay, well, this is funny because this is actually a good question for Tira as someone mm-hmm. from, you know, the suburban South who said, I'm going to make a move. Obviously, Chicago and France are different, mm-hmm. but it's still like a big swing. I'd like to know. Yeah. This was, again, I didn't, you know, didn't this know this about you. I didn't know this about you. <laughs> I know. I'm intuitive. I want everyone to know I'm intuitive. <laughs> you do. You just pick the right questions. Um, but, ooh, honey, that imposter syndrome is real. Yes, that feeling I got is real. A lot of yeah. thoughts about academia. So, but, uh, Shatira, you first. Okay. I will say this, okay, and I also am a, a little black girl who's gone to Paris, who I will say this, um, uh, there is no imposter syndrome that is true for a black woman because you don't get things for free. Mm. Nobody is giving you anything. I'm going to tell you that right now. You earned it. And yep. I bet you, you wouldn't have applied to that program if you weren't overflowing in what it took yep. to get into it you there's no way that a program that you have to go international it's a lot of paperwork it's a lot of have to get your ducks in order uh in a row and i know for a fact that there has never been anything that i've applied for that i wasn't already overqualified for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when i went to go i'll just i know that we're talking about improv but i I took five year-long programs before I auditioned for an improv team. Really? Because I wanted year to. Long? Oh yeah, my I, God. I took them together. I did five year-long programs in three years. I doubled up. Of course, the same because, way she graduated early. Tira is so because type a. I wanted to be good already, which yeah, is yeah. A, a lot of things that women do, and especially uh, women and people of color do, is that I wanted to be good enough that if I failed at any point. It was because I, I missed something. Like, mm. not because I, was, I, I wasn't there to learn. I was there to show off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. So yes, yes. I will tell you this. Like, it's hard to, like, be in those spaces where you're the only one, where you're new. But I will tell you this much. I know that if you got into that program, you made sure that if you needed two requirements, you probably have four. Right. I just know it. So that's yeah. what I'll say for that. Yeah. yeah no, I great. think you're right. I think it's especially it's like, again like where you're like, oh, how did I? It's because I feel the same way. I'm like, you, they let you in, so you mm-hmm. already deserve to be there. Absolutely. Also, like, not just no one's checking for a black woman, but no one in Paris is checking for a black girl in Texas. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> an extra like no one's like, let's do her a solid. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Maybe in the 1950s, 60s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, if you were much. Nina Simone. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but nobody really is like. So the fact is like. You got it. Uh, you deserve it. I know that feeling, though, of when you're, like, out of practice. Because it's been a couple mm-hmm. of years, and certainly it's been pandemic years, where you're like, oh, right, how do I analyze words again? You know, like, whatever, you know, academia is. In which case, and this is... Well, this... Okay, yeah. so here's my thoughts. First of all, if TV's fake, academia's fucking fake <laughs> ass shit. Oh, right? this is some is, tea for me. Yes, it is 90% bullshit. So if you go in there and you've got some actual thing to say, just hold on to that. Just know that like 
these motherfuckers over here are fucking <laughs> making their mortgage just replying to some journal thing and that's all they've ever done in their lives it's just like a journal like some essay said this and they just reply to it yep yeah, it's, it's, a all, it's all subtweets so, is that what you're saying academia no subtweets? no because you have to like reference because you, you you do have to you have to cite, right? Okay, cite your, cite your <laughs> sources. You cite, your sources. cite your sources. But I'm just saying that, like, most of academia, at least, look, I did philosophy, right? So most of philosophy was just, like, the most boring, <laughs> shitty people. Not shitty. Just, like, boring, just, like... Just like blank pages. Just, I, I met these people were printer paper. Okay, they were just, they were just nothing there of substance, right? And what their entire careers were based on was just that they, they got their, they, they defended their dissertation. They got a position, and and this is the thing also, is that like. It's all like getting to do your PhD and all that. All most of it's fake too. It's all just like, oh, you knew someone and they wrote you a recommendation, and then and the person who wrote you the recommendation had a, a PhD connection. from a prestigious, mm-hmm. you know, Harvard or some shit like that, and so that got you, that person in the door, whether they were good at it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. It was all just using. It, a lot of it's just using other names that have reputations already. Right. To Carrying. Give, yeah. To, to like. To like give you. It's uh, Red Bull. It's ac- academic. <laughs> it gives you wings <laughs> and then takes you it's to that stupid. place or that other person. Right. Okay. So the um, the point is, most of these like boring printer paper people are just like they see an essay in a an, a journal, and they like okay. Uh, it's boring, and I'm going to write the next boring version, reply to it, mm-hmm. and then that gets published in a journal. And then they do enough of those, and then they get tenure. Right. And then once you have tenure, and you then, can be as bad as you want to be. And and then, yeah. And then they just, like, slack off, and they write, like, boring books. <laughs> that like and, they, and none I of them cannot have to, wait for the emails we're going to get from academics. None of them like, have to. Andrew. No, but I'm saying this is not all. I know, In I fact, know, there's know. a lot of great. My mentor in grad school, Chuck Dyke, shout out to him, RIP, amazing dude, writing some uh, amazing philosophy and, in fact, influential philosophy, writing with people uh, about climate change. Hmm. That got, and the stuff he was writing about actually got turned into actual laws. Uh, the inner, what is it? IPCC. They actually took some of the stuff he was writing about and, like, it affected how they wrote laws for uh, Europe to deal with climate change. Okay? That's real shit. So what you're saying, though, is, like, for this person, then it's about, like, okay, why did you want to go to grad school in the first place? What is it that you are excited about and trying to engage with and holding on to that? Hold on to that and just know that the people, like, with this imposter syndrome syndrome stuff— that you're that you think you might have the people are told that even if they're conf they may not even these people you're talking to or you're with in class that you think suck uh if you think they suck <laughs> but like, i'm just saying that like their confidence is not earned right yeah so absolutely. if they have confidence yeah. about their shitty stuff it's not earned and you're better than them probably. <laughs> okay yeah I agree. I agree. I think also, too, when it comes to, like, making friends and stuff, I don't know if they still do this or if they do this with grad school. Because, you know, like, when you would start college and they would, like, 
what Facebook was when it was an actual book of people's yeah. faces, right? And so, like, I don't know if, especially because you are an international student, I'm assuming they must have some, like, kind of emails or boards or something because mm-hmm. you're not the only international student. So I think it could also help, too, to, like... What about MySpace? Sorbonne, <laughs> uh, Sorbonne on MySpace? The Ecole Normale, whatever, on MySpace? You could find, you know, looking up some of these other people... I'm sure there are a couple other black women or I'm sure there are other people, you know, from America or I'm sure there are, you know, people just like, you know, finding some people where it's like, oh, do you want to get coffee or mm-hmm. do you want to like walk to the whatever together? Because, you know, you got to all do all that new shit. The when you, no, I don't even mean the sen. I mean, like, you want to go to the, you want to go to the administration building and pick up our keys, and like walk and talk. Right. Like you just want you're not trying to make best friends right now. You're just trying to like chat with someone as you walk the foreign streets right to get your bearings so like that's the other thing too not feeling like every person you meet has to be your bestie and that you're like committing to be like we are gonna be school friends it's like hey you're new i'm new you want to go get some coffee you want to go check out whatever this like lecture convo movie whatever just to get you started and then as you do that you will actually if not this person you will start to find more of the people in your who's in who are into the stuff you're into but it's like look you're a beautiful black woman going to europe don't worry they're gonna come to you they're gonna come to <laughs> yeah, you yeah they're gonna they flock are. to you they're gonna yeah. flock to you and the bread is so good oh <laughs> the bread is god so good. the bread is so good they just be giving it away <laughs> I know. And then also too like do you know yet where you're living because like mm-hmm. i'm also very i'm very into pre-planning like when i knew i was going to australia like my mom put me in touch with like a friend of hers from work whose daughter lived out there now i was 26 her daughter was like the daughter was like 38 she had a <laughs> tween son but she was a black lady who had lived in australia a while and like I stayed on her couch for a few nights until I found mm-hmm. my apartment and she took me out and about and like she actually lives in LA now and we talked but it was like I met some woman who she used to comment I used to have a blog and she commented on my blog she was a black woman from Detroit originally which is where my mom's family's from who lived in Australia and she like commented on my blog when I was first talking about moving and then we met up and like it was through her she got me my first paid stand-up gig which is like awesome. out in Australia and it's like again it was random and certainly I was young but it's like you move somewhere and you're like, I'll meet you for coffee, another woman who's less likely to murder me. Um, mm-hmm. And just like see where that takes you. And so I think if you're just kind of stay open in that way and also remember that like no one lets you into this program as a favor. Absolutely not. Yeah. Then yes. I think you will be good. I think yes. you will be good. The two sides of that. No one let you in as a favor. You fucking earned that. And there's a lot of other motherfuckers that did not earn it <laughs> and are still yes. and are there anyway. <laughs> And you are better than them. Yes. Oh, oh my God. We are so wild. Now, Tira, do you have time for one more question? I have so much time. It's it's the weekend, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's try this one. Okay. I think this is a more serious one. Okay. Let's see what they're at. Hey, Andy and Naomi. So I wanted your opinion uh, being a married couple. So I am currently engaged. Um, we've been together for two and a half years and we were friends for three years before that. Um, the relationship, even though we were good friends before, um, we started a romantic relationship, our relationship has not been good. Mm. Uh, And now 
I'm kind of at the point where, so we did live together and we lived together for two and a half years um, and we weren't getting along. There was arguing and verbal abuse. Mm. And so I decided to move out and get my own place. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't know where I live, mm. but we are still in contact. Now, my question is, after I moved out, he made the decision to propose to me, Wait, even what? though our relationship is not in a good place. I am struggling with, I guess, everything around this. Um, I... The the proposal was out of desperation, so it wasn't happy. I don't have any happy memories, you know, of, like, a wonderful proposal. Mm -hmm. um, I cried because I was sad, not mm -hmm. because I was happy. Um, and it just really feels like we want two different things out of life at this point. And I've tried to communicate this with him and verbalize my feelings around the state of our relationship and his in his proposal and he just keeps telling me just wait it'll get better um he is in therapy right now um i am about to start therapy and have my first appointment next week right. um he's also trying to do couples therapy as well but I'm just really at a loss because my heart, I, I'm not happy mm -hmm. in this engagement. And he's... Oh, got cut okay, off. see, this yeah. is one of those three-minute situations. You hit the three, you got <laughs> cut off. Now I don't really know what your question is, but I'm going to tell you my answer is no more of this person. Absolutely. No more of this person. Mm -hmm. Y'all both go to your therapies, separate, handle yourselves, get well, get healed. Yeah, this might be the easiest advice we've ever given. No. Mm -hmm. No him. No him. You said you cried from being sad. There is verbal abuse. Mm -hmm. You do not feel good with this person. And when you try to communicate as such, this person's not hearing you. Yeah, I didn't hear a thing where it was like, like any nugget of like, of like happy. It seemed like it was like, uh, just out of habit. Like five years of habit mm -hmm. of this person. It didn't feel. It didn't sound like there was a nugget of like anything good you're holding on to anymore. Right? No. Did I absolutely? Well, also the things that got me are he doesn't know where you live. Like yeah. if that's scary to me. He, he sounds like this is a subtle thing, but that's scary to me. Also, like. You crying at an engagement and saying yes. Uh, this is one of those things where I always think about public engagements to trap women. Oh, where oh God. This this sounds like, because you said he's your fiance, which means that other people know this, which I'm assuming that he purposefully asked you in front of people, hmm. knowing that you're the kind of person who wouldn't embarrass him. Oh. So you agreeing to marry him really feels like he trapped you. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is one of the things like if you like, I always, I'm always like, I, I'm, if you want to do a public engagement, that's perfectly fine. But that person should want to marry you. <laughs> right, 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 right. Asking somebody to marry you in, on a jumbo tribe because old girl said that she needed some space. That <laughs> is a trap. And people be trapping girls. Be trapping girls. And that sounds yeah. like a trap. So I think that like your happiness and also like in these like abusive relationships, one of the hardest things in the world is to be able to support yourself. Mm-hmm. You already have somewhere that he doesn't know where you live. Mm-hmm. And then the people who are actually in your corner should have him respect your peace because it seems like the further you get away from him the more he realizes that he's losing you and that's good for you i don't give a fuck about him (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah verbal abuse no you being afraid to tell tell him where you live no Mm. and also you being engaged doesn't sound like you want to be engaged he asked you out of desperation he asked you i'm assuming in front of a bunch of your 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 peers yeah and 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 you said yes. and also just asked you to keep you as you said even yeah. if it was probably like it was like oh she's pulling away from me uh what a, what do girls want they want to get married i'll marry you i'll do whatever mm-hmm. like but again it's like and, and also him talking about he will change they won't they don't never change you stay, not even men women you, too they don't change <laughs> you get with someone as they are you Absolutely. do not sign up for a lifetime of who you hope someone's gonna be full mm-hmm. stop Absolutely not. Absolutely right. not. They need to be baseline decent human beings. Mm-hmm. And then they can get better from there. <laughs> but not even baseline decent. That ain't enough. Well, I'm you just are saying, a I've... sweet boy who stepped up and opened your heart to me, Andrew. Okay, you were just like, hi, how are you? You look nice today. <laughs> like, no fucking way. And not with a lifetime. And also, you know, I don't know how old you are. You didn't say. But however old you are, you young. Meaning Mm -hmm. you not, you know, because I think sometimes the decision to get with somebody is that feeling of, oh, I don't know if this will happen again, or I don't know who else I'll find or whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Let go of that. It's not about like, again, that's all that fear running the show. It is as, and you've already told us this thing's like, you called us and it sounded like you just called us to tell us you would say it. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm like, you are sad. There is no, there is no question here because You've told us you are not happy. Mm-hmm. And that is the baseline. To be in a relationship to be, and to be unhappy and to be hurting and to be verbally abused, you don't deserve it. Mm. You don't deserve it. There's nothing there to hold on to. I think something that can be so fucked to me, though, is the way people, regardless um, of gender, though, you know, again, they were friends for three years and then they started dating. And it's like, I doubt she dated. He was like that when they were friends. You see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the moment they became a couple, this nasty side emerged or, you know, Ugh. went strong. Cause it's like, well, now you my woman. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I imagine. Again, I, I'm making that up, but that feeling of like, okay, I'm assuming you were a decent friend or else you wouldn't have thought about dating him in the first place. So mm-hmm. he must've been like a decent friend. And then as soon as you start dating, he becomes this whole other kind of person. And or, I'll say this about therapy. Go, even if like, you're like, I don't want to let go, make a boundary. We talked about boundaries. Mm-hmm. That you want to do therapy for a year before you get married. Even if you're like afraid or not willing to do that. Because when you start therapy, you're going to discover different versions of yourself that he is not interested in you discovering. Hmm. He is trying to marry you 
before yeah. you become the type of person who wouldn't want to marry him. Yeah. And I do love TikTok. And one of the things that I saw on TikTok was a lady showing me the one piece of paper it took her to get married and the file cabinets of paperwork it took her to get divorced. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So you don't do- marry him. Cause once it's in that fuck, it's in the court. Yeah, they not gonna side with you, baby. They do not well, be also, side with us. <laughs> he's also not gonna. He's also not gonna make it easy. Easy. Right? He's obviously, someone who's about sinking his yeah mm-hmm. control. Yeah. If, he's, if you're not letting him know where you live, he's obviously a control. Yeah. Hound. But also, it's like he waited till after she left to propose. I mean, that's a control. That's control. Because mm-hmm. it's like she's literally trying to pull away, and he's like, no. I mean, everything about that sounded like the start of like a Criminal Minds episode. I know, very like, lifetime. Really, and I don't mean it's that. A lifetime I'm, not, movie. I'm not joking about that. It really no, did I sound know. like a very like. I know it's got yeah. lifetime. It's got lifetime movie energy. Don't let just... him know where you live. <laughs> no, he's got to go. I mean, I will say this, and only you know if this makes sense. Is there any value in having one session with a couple's therapist to calmly, consciously uncouple, for lack of a better term? Because perhaps if he is this person who's not listening to you, he's not accepting the boundary you set, will it help to have a third party in there? Yeah. I wonder. I well, wonder if his the whole therapy thing is the same for him is the same <laughs> thing as like the proposal where he's just like doing it to say like look I'm changing or whatever right, right which is why I think if she has a session it's not like oh we're trying to be together I will sit with somebody so we can talk about breaking up <sighs> you understanding that no means no and now I got a goddamn witness and somebody who will, who will know what's up when it all goes down with, with couples therapy too like if they even make it past the first session because if a therapist sees that that person is abusive they will not um they won't continue therapy with you so if you go to a couple session with with them and your therapist refuses to keep seeing you it's a red flag that you should get away from them and that 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 therapist will probably take you aside and tell you but the first introductory one um a lot of therapists um can tell whether there's abuse and they will not um consciously um uh, do couples therapy when they hmm. they find that there there might be abuse. Shit. I also know that um, I've had people who have had therapy where the therapist was like couples where the therapist was like this other per- the other person in the couple he's not here they are not trying to do it oh yeah mm-hmm. so I think we should not do this like they know mm-hmm. when they're talking to one person who's working and the other person who don't want to be there and is not willing to even try and it's like mm-hmm. you know some people will yell maybe they'll take your money but a lot of people are like. They don't want to do this, so I suggest mm-hmm. we stop, and maybe you also stop seeing them. Like sometimes it happens, you know. So, but I think but get you some therapy, girl. Yes, that is going to be the one uh, 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 hour or thirty minutes every week where someone only has to listen to your genuine feelings and give you a sage advice. They're never going to pick his side. They're supposed to be on your side. That is some valuable time that I think that will really help you a lot. So get that therapy before you. Before you say yes to the dress. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Oh, my God. Do not say yes to this mess. <laughs> you got your mind. <laughs> I want to do one quick one. I like to sandwich sometimes if, we, if there's uh, someone that's a little more serious. Uh, this comes to us anonymous from Instagram. Hi, Naomi Ooh. and Andy. Love the podcast and the wonderful advice you give to your listeners. You two are the best. I look forward to hearing each new episode. Star emoji. 
I wanted to ask if bringing a small bouquet of dried lavender for my date on our second date is too much slash forward. Thank you, icons. Sincerely anonymous. I don't know. I don't if- think it is. I, unless they're like allergic to lavender. Well, this is the thing. I need to know. <laughs> I need to know the backstory. I'm like, does this person yeah. like flowers? Have you guys yeah. talked about this on the first date? And mm-hmm. it's like a cute little callback. I mean, I don't think it's bad. Lavender smells good. If Small you like bouquet the smell. sounds good yeah. to me. Small. It smells good. Also, it's like I. I'm just like really putting myself into this as like if I got it. So like, okay, if, if you were like, I want to buy a bouquet of flowers, we'd be like, great. I think that the lavender is great. It's already dried. They ain't got to worry about killing it. Uh, it <laughs> smells good. They can put it anywhere. And uh, it, if it if they throw it away, you won't be mad because it's already dead. So I say <laughs> it's a win-win. It's thoughtful. It's kind. And like if they're if they don't like it, also, if your love language is to give something like that, which I don't think is like weird or creepy. Mm-hmm. And if if the person who receives it really doesn't like it and it really comes from your heart, then that's a sign that maybe like it might not like be a match. If that it might not be a match because yeah. I, obviously sure. I'm I'm taking your side because I'm loyal and you reach out. To us. <laughs> But I'm going to assume this is just like a nice, kind thing. And like some people are assholes. So if you gave that to them and they're like, Ugh. like if someone gave me some lavender, I'd be like, oh, thank you, baby. Uh, <laughs> do you do gifts? Do you like, um, do you like gifts? Do receiving I or love, giving? Um, I love giving gifts. I do love okay. to receive gifts now because um, my girlfriend actually cares about me and listens to me and buys me things that I like. Mm-hmm. My family would buy me things that they like. <laughs> so like I didn't what? like, like uh, my grandma one time bought me like this scarf set in her favorite color because my favorite color is red and she don't like red. And I was like, <laughs> what? This is not for me. This is for you. But um, I love giving presents. So like if we hang out and I hear you like something, mm. I'll like write it down or mm. I'll like put it in a note. Okay. And then I, and then I'll like in like six months later, you won't even think about it. And bam! <laughs> The book shows up at your house. Like, I love giving presents. I love it. That's so good. <laughs> You're very good, though, to remember, because that's my thing. I wish all people came with a wish list, because I don't know what to get. Like, I want to get people things, but then I'm like, what do people like? What do they do? I, don't, I like, like I like vinyl and Legos. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a Lego record player. Oh, my gosh. I have... Wait, can you see? That typewriter's Lego. I made that. <laughs> you have a Lego typewriter? Does it work? That's... Oh, uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me go get it. I'll show you. <laughs> it works. Look. You see that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. It's very cool. And then that Nintendo is Lego, too. Wow. Okay, so okay. there got to be a Lego record player out there. We gotta get, um, yeah. They're probably making one. I have a Lego piano that I need to build. Um, when my job is over, that's my treat to myself, or my girlfriend will get it for me. It's like whenever I end a project, I like do a Lego project. And for that, for you, is that like your zen? Like you'll put on some music and get into your Legos? Yeah, and I'll just like do the project over the course of a couple days. Okay. Um, and I like it because I like puzzles, but I don't want a bunch of like flat puzzles around my house. So like Lego, Lego has this like, special like creative series where they have like bouquets of flowers i have like succulents built out of there what 
Uh, it's really cool. Um, we can talk about it later, but I'll show you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, I, 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 by yeah. the way, lavender, natural bug repellent. Oh, Ooh, I did not know that, Andy. I know. Yeah, that's you not know. That what's in those little things? Sach- sachets? Sachets? Oh, yeah, sachets. Sachets. <laughs> in our drawers. That's Isn't true. that lavender? Oh, little yeah. Lavender sachets. This is a great present. You're doing great, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Pat on the back. Pat Shantira. on the back. Uh, Shantira. <laughs> Shantira. 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 You guys, Shantira. thanks for Shantira. having me. Thank I'm you so much. so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. You are a bright light. I will be remembering that this is all fake. And don't you yell at me about a fake person you made up. <laughs> I'm going to need to hold on to that for the rest of it's my life. It's all fake. It's all fake. Time's not real. I'll come back and talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you guys next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.